Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained with your hosts, Karen Frazier and Rick Hale. It is Thursday night, and if you can hear our voices, you're exactly where you need to be. She is Karen Frazier. I am Rick Hale. This is Paranormal Underground Radio at hazyradio.com. Welcome. Uh, Karen. Yes. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How about you? Not too bad. Not too bad. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) Before we go into anything, uh, you know, just going to preview our guest tonight. Joining us tonight is going to be Bren Blankenship. She is a hypnotherapist, author, international instructor specializing in the field of past life regression and life between lives spiritual regression this is going to be a learning experience for me because uh, <laughs> i'm really i'm not that up on the, this kind of thing but you are so i have had a few of these sessions you myself are my security blanket so what yes. what, what exactly you know happens with this kind of thing um they hypnotize you Hypnotize you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then you see shit. (laughs) Okay. um, I I mean, (laughs) it's the 60s, man. (laughs) It's, yeah, whoa. (laughs) No, it's not psychedelic drugs. But what they do is um, they put you in um, a very deep hypnotic trance. So when hypnotherapists maybe hypnotize you for, like, say you want to quit smoking, okay? okay. Hypnotherapy has a lot of applications. Things uh, from pain management, which is really, really cool. Um, for people in chronic pain, they can actually use hypnotherapy to, to fix that or to at least alleviate some of the pain. Um, You can use it for things like addictions. Um, You can use it for psychological problems, like say you have things in your childhood, you can regress to that. And those are all fairly light forms of hypnosis. And actually, people are in hypnosis every single day. When you drive down the highway, have you ever gotten somewhere and been like, whoa, how'd I get here? I don't remember part of the ride, (laughs) part of the drive. I have had that happen a couple of times, and it, I remember the first time it happened, it scared the hell out of me. I, I thought I was abducted by aliens, but... It, I, no, I, I, it is a very light form of hypnosis. It's a common form. It's called highway hypnosis. So okay. people actually um, hip, wind up hypnotized without even really realizing it. And what hypnosis is, is just a really super relaxed state where your mind is suggest not suggestible, but where you can... Well, so for things like quitting smoking and pain management is suggestible. But um, when they do past life regression hypnotherapy and when they do life between lives hypnotherapy, it's a much deeper hypnotic state. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I, I know that they've used uh, hypnosis uh, a lot in the uh, cases of alien abduction. And there is a lot of... Um, you know, skepticism concerning it, but sure. you know, then again, anything that deals with anything spiritual or supernatural. Or, I am or, so or sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah, they, oh. they, they have a right to be on. Um, <laughs> they want to be on with their mommy. Um, right. But people say that when they when they have these regressions, uh, or hypnotherapy, that their things are being planted in their mind. But you know, I, but we can ask Brit about that tonight because I'm sure that she has a much greater understanding of how that works. Sure. Well, there are, um, I know with the 
the well-trained hypnotherapists, one of the things that they've been trained to do is to not lead. And so you can plant things if you lead. Um, okay. So instead, you don't ask leading questions. You ask open-ended questions. So, for instance, a leading question would be, look down at your feet. Are you wearing button hook shoes? Okay. There's something planted in my mind. But okay. if she says, look down at your feet, what are you wearing? How's that? Le- There's no planting there. Right. Yeah, it's open-ended. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, right. and so my experience of hypnotherapy has been that it's those questions. And I actually had one time, um, because my first experience with hypnotherapy, I actually did it for an article for the magazine. I think it was the August of 2008. Or September, something like that. We did a whole thing on um, reincarnation, a big reincarnation issue. Right. And um, so that's why I had that that first past life regression hypnotherapy. And um, then I went back a few, like six months later, and I did another because I wanted to do a follow-up article. So the first couple were actually for articles. Um, And then... I did another one because I was trying to figure out what was going on with Wellington, why I was so, um, you know, drawn to it, I guess. Sure. And um, I had trouble with that one. I, you know, and I just, I I, I guess I wasn't ready to see it. I don't know. And then I did, um, before I did the Life Between Lives hypnotherapy here about a year ago now, um, he did a past life regression first because he wanted to make sure that I truly could be hypnotized. Okay. Um, because it was a different guy, different okay. practitioner. And then when I did the Life Between Lives hypnotherapy, they take you back through the mother's womb into a past life. Hmm. And then they take you through your death in that life, and that's how you access the Life Between Lives. So, okay. I mean, I, I was... Um, I actually, from what I've had my hypnotherapy sessions, if what I've seen is true, and if what I've experienced is true, I could start in about the late 1500s and um, wow. list list my lives. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that's fascinating. I mean, I, I personally do believe in reincarnation. Um, I, I definitely want to know more about this life between lives because this is that that really is very much still new to me. But we will be talking about that with Brent Blankenship tonight. So I'm, you know, just, like I said, it's going to be a learning experience, and thank God you know more about this than I do. Yeah, but um, I, but see, <laughs> I think that you not knowing about this, you'll have the good questions because it's like with Doctor Moody. I right. because I know the answers I'm trying to get. You know, where you might have questions that lead to unexpected answers, too. So I like that. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, it definitely won't be a quantum thing where I'm, uh, you know, folding myself in half in a corner. <laughs> so I thumb whining like, uh, like Charlie Brown. But, uh, you know, let's bring Cheryl on for a minute because Cheryl does have something that she wants to announce. Correct, Cheryl? Hi. Yes, thank Hello. you. I have an announcement I want to share with everyone. Paranormal Underground's parent company ghost night media has a new book out and i wanted to share that with everyone it's called my paranormal journey one man's obsession it's a book by rick wade who's a paranormal investigator and in the book um rick takes us on a journey with him as he um explores you know his his paranormal fascination and so it's the book is now online it's available on create space 
on Amazon.com and Kindle. And I think actually the Amazon.com version is not, it won't be up till tomorrow or the next day. But the Kindle version is available. And um, it uh, I'll like, let everyone know when the Amazon uh, version is available. But it, it's it's a great book if you like personal experience books. That's what this is. Very cool. Well, yeah, very good. Cool. I look forward to reading it. Yay! <laughs> yeah, I, me personally, I like I I'm one of those people. Like you said, I love reading about the personal experience. I'm all about the personal experience because you know, let's face it, when we had that very first personal experience that got us interested in this, mm-hmm. we didn't have you know the full Ghost Hunters kit strapped to us. Right. We just had our eyes well, and our brain trying to understand. <laughs> 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 yes, everybody. Yeah. Karen had a EMF detector, and uh, I was all that born with an EMF were... detector and a recorder in my hands. That's right. <laughs> well, my favorite books are case file books, personal, you know, memoirs, that kind of thing. So I'm definitely sure. a fan of of that genre. Yeah. So. Yeah, I like those too. So cool. I'll look forward to reading it. Alrighty. On to a uh, past life regression. <laughs> Well, first, I, you know, I wanted to talk quick about um, the, uh, the the field has lost uh, somebody this week that has uh, has contributed a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Sylvia Brown, and um, we were talking a little bit about this uh, before uh, we went on air. And uh, you know, quick editorial: um, it really <laughs> it grinds my gears. But uh, when people are like, "Oh, well, if she is psychic, she should have saw that coming." And I think that any of us who have been in this field long enough know that that's not how it works. And uh, secondly, you cannot judge somebody for 10 years of having a couple of bad calls over 40 or 50 years of working in this field. If Hans Holzer said that she was legit and she was the real deal, that's good enough for me. Did he say that? Yeah, I believe. Yes, he did. Oh, okay. Didn't, so, I, didn't I mean, she she did work with him on a, on a couple of cases, just small, you know, type stuff but um yeah i mean gotcha. uh, you can't really judge somebody by a few bad calls over a lifetime of of work and experience yeah everyone makes mistakes exactly well so i'll tell you what i said um off the air and that's that um i've never been a huge sylvia brown fan and i i don't think i've even really i mean i've never really talked about it either way i guess but i don't i actually believe that you know i don't think that sylvia was all hat no cattle i think that she she did have some abilities Mm -hmm. and i think probably what happened is um the same thing that happens to a lot of people is that there's this tremendous pressure to perform and instead of saying i'm getting nothing or i'm not quite sure she felt pressured to come up with things for people because you know she was trying to trying to these people were desperately trying to find answers yeah so. well you, yeah and, and 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 it does get sad cuz it's you're constantly bombarded with people uh, asking you questions. You're constantly, and another 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 problem that people had with her too is that she did charge her services. Well, you know, it's not an investigation, so I didn't have a problem with that. Um, I do have a problem though with charging people fifteen hundred dollars for a sitting. That does seem kind of ex- exorbitant, I guess. Well, so yes, I I agree. I think it's a lot of money. Um, 
But, you know, my my issues with Sylvia Brown actually didn't have a lot to do with her psychic abilities. There was some other stuff that, you know, but just because you're a psychic doesn't mean you're a, a wonderful person 100% of the time. Right. So, so, you know, she was allowed to have flaws just like the rest of us. Of course. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to mention that real quick. And, uh, you know, Sylvia Brown, she will be missed. She uh, did a lot of great work. And, you know, you can't you can't deny that. All right, so with that being said, it is time for us to go to break. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Brian Blankenship, and we're going to be talking about past life regression hypnotherapy, life between lives regression hypnotherapy. Really cool subject, so stick around. It's Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Visit us today at ParanormalUnderground.net and get a 12-month digital subscription for 15% off the cover price. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier. I'm here with my co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio, Rick Hale. Hi everyone. We invite you to join Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network to explore the unexplained every Thursday night from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific and other times in the flyover states. Each week we talk with investigators in the field, researchers, authors, and experts about topics that include paranormal investigation, ufology, cryptozoology, and spirituality. So please join us each Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern for Paranormal Talk with great guests right here on HazyRadioNetwork.com. This is Karen Frazier, writer and radio host with Paranormal Underground. Since I wrote my book, Avalanche of Spirits, The Ghosts of Wellington in 2010, people have asked me what happened next. In my new book, Dancing with the Afterlife, a paranormal memoir, my Wellington story continues. Dancing with the Afterlife is more than the continuation of the Wellington story, however. It's also the story of a lifetime of afterlife research and paranormal encounters. What I've learned has changed my life, and it might change yours as well. To learn more about Dancing with the Afterlife or to read an excerpt from the book, visit DancingWithTheAfterlife.com. Thank you. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG. Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today.
Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. Hey everybody, welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio on HazyRadio.com. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick. Uh, we're having a little bit of trouble there at the start, but we got everything strained away. Tonight joining us is going to be Brent Blankenship. She's a hypnotherapist, an author, and an international instructor specializing in the field of past life regression and life between lives. So it should be a great show tonight. Brent, welcome to the Underground. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank, thank you, you for on. coming on. This is one of my favorite subjects. And we actually got your name from Dr. Newton. Um, so we were happy that he recommended you because I've been dying to get somebody on to talk about this stuff. So great. And this is going to be a learning, um, <laughs> like a, um, a learning experience for me because I'm not really that familiar with this, uh, with this field of research. Well, so, what would you like ahead. to know? Well, so well, let's let's start um, by just talking a little bit about what it is you do with the past lives and the life between lives. Okay. So I have clients that will come and they want to explore their past along their soul's history and, you know, beyond this current life. And um, sometimes they just want to know if they've had a past life. And other times they want to find great meaning as to why they're here um, in their current life. So you go back into the past life to explore, but it's really to give you more insight into what you're here to do now. So, Brent, let me ask you this. When you go back and you um, into people's past lives, past life regression, how far typically do you go back? A couple hundred years, a couple thousand years? How, how far? Um, it can go as far back as it needs to go. Okay. Um, so if, if someone came in for a past life, we might leave that open and just ask it to go back to a past life that's important to explore. Okay. So they may go back to 1952. They might go back to 1700s. They might go back to biblical times. Or they might go back to a life on another planet. Oh, that's interesting. Let's let's. Uh, how, how does that work? Um, how, okay, well, so so basically, what you're telling me is is that I am Rick Hale now here, sitting in 2013. But a couple mm -hmm. thousand years ago, I could have been an alien on a different world. Is that what well, you're you wouldn't have been an alien on the other world, though, right? Well, that's very true. I would have been. Yeah, you would you just know be what. one of your own kind. Okay. Yes, but it's possible that you could have had a past life on another planet. Hello. Did we lose her? Oh, it's going to be Brent? one of those nights. Totally going to be one of those nights, Cheryl. So, Cheryl? did we lose Cheryl too? No, I'm Cheryl? here. Let me let me ask Bren for her cell phone, um, real but quick. Oh wait, are you there again? Yeah, we yes. have a bad Skype connection, and oh. um, Bryn, if you can hear us, if you could. Um, send me your cell number if possible. We can call you there. Okay. All right. That would be yeah. Let's good, let's I think. do that. And Skype um, is we, we tell you not good. Tell you what, Rick and I can vamp <laughs> while right. you get her on her cell phone, Cheryl. Great. Okay. okay. 
All right, very good then. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. You know, every now and then we have, uh, or I, I always like to call us the destination truth of paranormal radio. If it can go wrong, it has and it will. So it's I'm Murphy's Law. I blame you, Rick. Huh? What? <laughs> I blame Rick. Okay, you know I'm good what? with that. Yeah, it's it's the only possible explanation. I see. Screw Rick, that guy is always the problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad that you see yourself that way, because that's how we discussed you behind your back. <laughs> oh, ouch. <laughs> you know no. what? I'm, I'm, seriously, I'm, I'm starting to, like, you know, not doubt that. Um, earlier, I had somebody say that they would be bored if they had to listen to me all the time, and it's like, oh. well, no, I, I, they probably nice. would. I, after a while, I'm sure I sound like... You know, one of those, um, wah, wah, you know, wah, 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 exactly, wah, wah. the adults on Charlie Brown. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. So, Well, we all eventually sound like that. I'm pretty sure I sound like that to my kids. So. <laughs> That's funny. Let's listen to the phone right now. Oh, Yay. much better. Thank you. <laughs> We've got you so now. You can, you can hear us, right? Yes, yes. So you were answering Rick's question when you blanked out. I can't remember what now. What was the question, Rick, that she was answering? Do you remember? Or, Bren, do you remember? Well, we were talking about about past lives lives on another planet. planet. Okay. I don't don't know how much you've heard. Do you have both Skype? Yeah, we... Do you you both have have both Skype and um, your cell phone on right now? Yes, because I just got off of Skype. Yeah, dump your Skype and we'll it'll be much better. Okay. So we were talking yes, we were talking about living on another planet. Okay. So um occasionally I'm sorry, I'm having trouble cutting off my Skype. Um occasionally clients will go back, you know, to a past life on a, another planet and sometimes they'll talk about um different bodies, you know. Um, that are different than our earthly bodies, and and that's typical in a session. And you might have a client that, um, you know, Earth was their their first incarnation. So I was saying how in a past life, you might just leave it open-ended and let it go where it's going to go and see what comes up for that day. That's how I like to work and just let spirit guide it. Or if we're doing a life between lives session, we like to guide it to the most recent past life. So it's a more current past life, and then we'll guide them through that life, take them to the end of it, and then explore in between the life between lives and talk okay. with guides and council of elders and all kinds of cool things. Yeah, so I actually have had both of those. Um, you have? I've done, uh, yeah, I've done both of those. It's something that the I was mentioning to Rick that I did the life, the first, my first past life regression I did because I wanted to write an article about it. And, um, I mean, you know, that was the excuse I was writing an article about it, but it gave me the, it provided the impetus for something that I've always wanted to do anyway. So it was really cool. And then, um, for years I wanted to do a life between life session, but I didn't really move on it. And I, I sort of feel like you do these things when it's right for you. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, it's been about, I did it about a year ago and, um, what a fascinating experience that is. But, um, before we get to life between lives, I wanted to mention something or I wanted to ask you something about, um, life on other planets, because this has always fascinated me. One of the things that I've read about is that there are people who in hypnosis, when they 
experience life on another planet. It's a um, mental world. And I wanted to ask you about that. What what exactly is that? Well, clients tend to describe um, a, a mental world as being that type of place where um, communications are telepathic. They're done mentally, um, not necessarily the way we're speaking right now. Mm-hmm. And um, you can get many, many descriptions um, of how they speak and how they communicate there. Often they don't have bodies. Or, or they're balls of energy, so to speak, but not bodies like we inhabit here on Earth. Okay. Um, I've had clients that have gone to water worlds, and um, they it's it's really interesting because they'll speak um, in different ways. They'll they'll describe telepathic communications. They'll describe um, clicking sounds, but it's almost like a Morse code. But they know what it means, like. Right. They don't understand the code, but they understand the meaning of what's being imparted. Right. So how do people, when they have this experience, like being in a mental world um, or being in a water world or being in even like life between lives, how do they find the words to describe the experience when it's an experience that's so different from what we have here? Well... There are times when there are no words to describe what's happening, but they do their best to to describe it. The words just come, but they but if they are speaking, um, they'll say it's it's different than the language we speak here. It's a language I've never heard before. Mm-hmm. You know, different than in a past life where they might be speaking Russian and know that they're speaking Russian, but they understand it enough to recognize that it's a language here on earth um it's it's just so cool to hear them describe what's happening as it's unfolding before them because you know they're surprised they weren't really expecting that it could go where it goes even though it's part of their past um it's just that it does and it makes sense and as it starts to unfold they find out more and more about that life and what it was meaningful to them about it Okay. Well, David in our chat room wants to know, one of our listeners, he wants to know how you know the memories are real. Well, that's a good question because clients will often say, you know, it, it was so wild. It felt like I made that up. Is, you know, how do I know it was real? But if you, if, you have them, if you have them close their eyes and make up something that they know they haven't experienced before, like mm-hmm. say a trip to Alaska, and they know okay. they've never been there and have them describe it, it seems to come from a different part of the mind. Mm-hmm. The description is different. When the client is describing the past life or the life between lives, it flows through them in ways that um, it just flows through them in descriptions that are not like the client. Um, it's hard to describe over the radio. I could show you in person. <laughs> But deep trance. They're deep. There's a timelessness that takes place. So they might feel like 30, 40 minutes have gone by, but it's been several hours. Yeah, that's what happened in my life between lives. I was there yeah. for like four hours, and I, I honestly, when he brought me out of it, I was like, okay, well, that was like 15 minutes. I thought this was going to be four hours, or, you know. Exactly. So, well, my story that's in um, Memories of the Afterlife. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's called When Children Speak from the uh, Teach from the Grave. Uh-huh. Um, my client went under. She went under very easily. We took her through the past life into the LBL, the life between lives. Right. And um, we must have started the session at about 11, and we finished up about 4.30 that afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I had pages and pages of notes. I'd taken notes. I was recording it. And she came out of it, and she goes, huh, I guess she didn't get that much, huh? Yeah. And I said, are you kidding me? She didn't have any idea that it was as late in the day as it was. It's just right. a stream of consciousness that was flowing through her, and it just seemed like timelessness. So, so, that so does that, and I, I read I read the book, so I'm sure I've read that book a couple of times, so I'm sure that I've read your story. I don't remember exactly which one it is. Now I'm going to have to go look and see. Um, but so does that then seem to indicate to you that when we are not in our human form, that we experience time differently? Definitely. Definitely. Okay. All right. Um, and then I have one more question from chat. Elaine. Actually, Elaine has two questions. So she says, uh, "Do you? Th- I'm sorry, my dogs are barking at my husband coming home. Um, do you think it's possible for siblings and friends in one life to keep finding each other in the ne- in the next? And how yes. frequent? How do you think that this happens? And does it happen um, often? Oh, it happens a lot because we travel in these groups. So um, what tends to happen is when the client is experiencing the past life, because you know they're doing that before they get to the LDL." Um, they will have a familiarity or a recognition of some of the other people that come up in the past, and they'll know them by their current life um, mm-hmm. name. They'll, they'll recognize that that's their brother in current life or that's, um, you know, a sibling in current life. And um, so when you go into the, the life between lives, you know, that's after we go through the death scene and the past life to the, the between there's time that's spent in a place where they explore soul groups. Mm-hmm. So soul groups would talk about, um, would help the client understand their connection to um, other people that are in their life now or those people that tend to incarnate with them most of their lifetimes or many lifetimes. Right. You know, they may sit one out. They might stay out or they might just be in the lifetime for a moment, um, but it might be a pivotal moment that that person comes through and mm-hmm. changes that, that client's um, life direction. Um, but, you know, you could be um, mother and daughter this time and be siblings next time or have been um, father, son, or boss, mentor, um, teacher. You know, you play different roles to one another. It's not always a family member, but we tend to show up, and it's amazing how that happens. So does that mean then, because I think that there are a lot of people who believe that you have one soulmate. I hear that expressed a lot. This person is my soulmate. This is the person that travels with me through lifetimes. Is that a real thing? I mean, is that, or is that, is that maybe a simplification of what you're talking about with the soul groups? What I, from, from information from the guides and the council and the information that I've gotten, there's that one person, that one soul that sparked at the same time that your soul is sparked mm-hmm. and you travel through all these experiences and all these lifetimes together. Now, that, now there may be that time where one soul stays out and the other soul is incarnated 
and they learn by being separated. And then there may be that time where they're adversaries or they do something not so great to one another, but you learn through it. But there are those there are soulmates that are sparked at the same time. Hmm. And as I'm thinking of this, I'm thinking of a client session that I had where um, one of the guides was explaining how difficult it is to be on Earth because this is the only planet where we, we experience loss and death the way that we do. You know, when our soulmate dies, they die. Now, we're going to see them when we leave this life and go back to, he- to heaven to the between, but we experience the pain of that loss. And, you know, they were sharing that on other planets, a loss is not final the way it feels while we're here. But that's the reason we come to Earth, to experience some of those earthly emotions and relationships and then other things, too. We come here to experience chocolate and, you know, fun things that you can experience in the spirit world the same way you can in a body. So they have a lot of humor up there. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you get too serious, they lighten it up for you. Well, I'm pretty sure that I came to experience chocolate. I, I, <laughs> I and that and, and pickles. I, I have, I, pickles are my favorite food in the world, and I'm pretty sure that's what I came for this time. I said, I'll go one more time, but you got to promise me there's going to be some chocolate there. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and puppies. I'll do it, but only if there's chocolate and puppies. And maybe some kids. <laughs> I'm going to remember that for the next time if I, you know, because um, people come back and back and back is my understanding. Um, I actually have had, oh, what did I say, Rick, five? Yeah, yes, you did. Now, just for doing different things. And um, I, so I have a timeline from probably about the 1600s on of, of what my past lives have been. But people, how many times do people come back? You know, I haven't gotten a definite number. They like to say, um, they, they like to be vague when I ask that question because I ask that all the time and they'll say as many as it takes. If we're getting too serious with some of the technical questions and they're trying to get a point across to a client, they'll come, they'll come across with an answer like that. Um, as many as it takes, um, an infinite number, you know, and then I've had, they've been given specific numbers of lifetimes. But I, I don't want to say because sometimes people hear that number and think that's written in stone that everybody has that same number of lifetimes. Right, but it's more okay. than two is what I'm asking you. Oh, I mean, you know, it's... Two. Oh, yes, many, 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 Hundreds. Many yeah, okay. Hundreds. Okay. And you come back to work on, on various issues and, you know, you might have a series of lifetimes on a certain issue and you might play each side of it in the different roles that you might take. And then when it's time, you'll move on to another theme um, that you may be working on, like compassion. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I, we have a, qu- a question for you from uh, chat, Brennan. First off, I'm sorry about that. My computer froze up, so I had to turn it off and reboot and <laughs> have, have these problems every once in a while. But we do have a question from chat, and it's actually one, it's, it's a question that I have as well. Uh, the question is, have you ever had any clients who have researched and found their other lives if so, did they handle researching the past lives well? What was the last part of that question? Um, if they... so, yeah, it, it, the, the second part is, if so, did they handle researching the past lives well? 
are you, I'm, I'm sorry, the phone's breaking out. Are you saying do Hello? they handle the do they handle the research well? Yes. Okay. Um, I have had clients um, be able to research some of the information, and most seem really surprised that they're able to verify dates and times. Okay. Um, one of yeah. the most recent ones was a guy that um, he he was a kid that liked to skip school and go sell newspapers on the street corner, and he wasn't supposed to do that because he was supposed to be in school, and this was a Chicago street corner. And I can't remember the date exactly, but it was like early 1930s, something like that. And his father was a tailor. And so he was just so proud of how many newspapers he could sell and how well he could do. And he loved his street corner and he helped out his family. And he would secretly buy himself things so his his parents didn't have to come up with the money. They, they, you know, were barely getting by. And... I had him look around and give me the name of the streets, the intersections, some of the buildings. We got his name. We got a lot of information. And then this client went on to research that after the session and found all kinds of information that verified everything that he had come up with in the session. And it was also a place he had never been before. He had not been to Chicago, um, so he was really surprised that the, the street corners actually existed. Wow. Wow. That's pretty cool. Rick's from Chicago. It's so much fun. It's just so much fun to, you know, to have your clients experience this. Um, They might go back to a time in history where they're observing something, and, you know, they may or may not be the king or the queen, but they could have been in the king's court, or they could have been around the castle. So they know things because they were there, but it's not always that they were the famous person. Sometimes they know more by being um, a little bit more in the shadows. Um, okay. I've, they've been able to verify things that they've learned, you know, from that time period in history. It could be a time period they've always been drawn to. It could be a time period they've never really been drawn to, but when they started um, experiencing it in the session, um, things came through them that they couldn't have known any other way. And then research has shown um information about the period of, you know, clothing of the time, foods of the time, mm-hmm. so just things that that client okay. never thought to look up. Hmm. So let me ask you this, Bryn. How, wh- why is it that we don't remember um, our past lives? I know some people do. I, I've been told that I have several past lives and that I have two more that I'm supposed to live. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. But I don't remember any of this, and I know other people don't, except for a few glimpses of insight. Um, why don't we remember being, you know, well, in the in the king's castle? Some people remember more easily than others. Mm-hmm. What what I believe it is, from my experience, um, from doing, I've done hundreds of these sessions. So I'll ask the guides if I have questions. I'll ask them and um, see, you know, how often I get a similar answer. And I believe that it's a couple of things. You program into the life that you're going to live, into this body, into this mind. You Mm -hmm. put the elements in it that you're going to need for that lifetime. The other thing is, so so maybe you didn't need to know that information this time around. The other thing is that if you tried to remember all of your lifetimes all at one time, I think it would... um, I mean, it would be overwhelming. Your brain. Yeah, yeah, brain would explode. I'm sure. Sure. Exactly. 
like you couldn't function in this life if you're remembering all of that all at the same time. Okay. And, and right. that's, that's the kind of information I've gotten through the guides. So I have had times in my life and people who have come into my lives, my lives, well, in this life, let's talk about this one. I have had people come into my life where I instantly had some kind, felt some kind of connection to them. And I think everybody's had this experience where you meet that person and you know that this is a person that you're not supposed to know or that you are supposed to know. So how do we recognize, I'm assuming that those are people that are, that have agreed to come to be, play some significant role in my life. So how do we recognize those and how do we know that we're not just making it up because, you know, we think he's cute or something? Well, there's that soul recognition where you recognize those key players or those significant players that are coming through. And there's no um, there's no accident that they've come along. And then there are those times that you just... Have you ever dreamed about someone or something? I actually... Yes. I actually mm-hmm. dreamed about my husband right before I met him. And, um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're given those signs. We're given signs along the way. And it, it just lights up something in us that has that recognition when that person comes along. But we just know. Can and we can we miss people? I mean, do you know what I mean? I, what if we just totally ignore or miss the sign? Then it, then it has to come through another way. I think we can miss opportunities. Uh-huh. I think we can sure. close ourselves off. We can shut down and not accept the opportunity. Okay. And if that happens, um, events have to come about to to create another opportunity, a different way. Okay. But so they you, show back you know, up. Well, sometimes. Okay. You know how okay. events lead towards something, and then yes. if that person chooses to use their free will and shut it down. Sure. Yeah. Then. Maybe or maybe not, but um, depending on what's happening, it may be possible to set up another series of events. And then there are those times where it was meant to be a near miss because that wasn't the time for both parties to be totally ready. Okay. So when they come back together again, it's the actual, both parties will recognize each other and and be there. And I'm not just talking about relationships. I'm also talking about just friendships you know that friend that comes along at just the right moment and you you feel like you've known them forever right well but how about the jerk that comes along that is absolutely horrible to you (laughs) but you get this really valuable lesson for having known them even though you can't stand them yeah well um sometimes you can learn from the negative experience and you can learn never to do that again um (laughs) And Boy, the, guides, <laughs> the guides have a lot of compassion, but they have a lot of humor, too. And so they will tease with the clients when they're asking about some of those relationships in their past lives or the past in their current life. Uh-huh. And when it gets explained, they they will let them know that now that you've finished that lesson, thankfully you don't have to experience that one again. You cleared up some stuff just oh, by good. having that experience. So does that mean then that um, when I actually, and, and I 
have a hunch that I often don't get it. <laughs> but so does that mean when I actually do get it, when I have that aha moment about something, that I'm not going to ever have to deal with that again? Not necessarily, because you can forget that you learned the lesson. Oh, okay. <laughs> but usually, usually you get it, and then you move on. Okay. You know, when it when it's that strong of a of a red flag or a message, you you learn the lesson, and then you're done, and then you get to experience something else. Okay. All right. Is it is it possible? It's another question that I've always had. Is it possible for your soul to split? Um, what I mean is, is that you live two, two past lives, yeah, two past lives at once, but in different parts oh. of the world. Well, it's possible. Um, we've had that happen in the sessions and, and gotten some more from insights into that. But it takes a lot of energy to do that. Okay. So, Doctor Newton likes to talk about souls. Um, you know, he he refers to them as experience. Um, you know, not necessary levels of advancement as much as they're just more, have more practice coming here to Earth. Mm-hmm. We're all learning while we're here. But right, sometimes when you've been here more times, you're, um, you're not learning the survival stuff. You're working on the relationships and the other, the other stuff that you can work on when you're not just trying to put food on the table. And right. so, um, when you're a little more experienced, and you you could play around with the energy and incarnate in two different bodies, you know, at the same time. Um, usually, um, I, I, through my experience, I haven't had any experiences where they've actually run into each other in that life. They usually are in other parts of the world, but um, it's it's a learning experience. Right. And um, I did now that we're talking about this, I did have one client that her energy seemed to get stronger at one point in her current life. And mm-hmm. the guides were explaining that the dual soul that the, the other lifetime had completed and that soul had gone and gone back um, and gone back home. Oh. So oh. it helped free up something. But we couldn't oh. get more information to get all the details. I mean, yeah. not that much, but it was exciting. So that one, that's rare. That's rare. Yeah. Sure. One of the things that when I did my life between lives hypnotherapy, and it's not something that I've talked about to a lot of people because to me it was a pretty intensely private experience because there was a lot yeah. of learning that went on there. And so I've never been driven to write about it. or And I mean, and I write about everything. I'm a writer. So, you know, everything is fodder. And I've been pretty private about it. But one of the things I learned, and it actually really shocked me, is he asked me, um, how much of your energy did you bring with you? Like, or how much is it your energy? But there's... You, what percentage of yourself did you bring with you, essentially? And my response was something like 15 or 25%, which seems ridiculously low. Is that common? And why did I do that? <laughs> why did you do that? Do you remember? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I will tell you that I have a huge amount of health problems. And um, just, I mean, I have low physical energy. I have struggled with anemia for 15 years. I mean, it's severe anemia for 15 years, so I'm always exhausted. And I think it's um, so that I'm quieter and paying more attention to the other things. I don't think I'm supposed to be a super physical person in this lifetime. That's my guess, is that I'm supposed to be more focused on kind of the spiritual and the cerebral stuff. But why, I mean, is that is that common that people bring that? Well, what? 
in my experience, that's a low number. Now, I have had a few clients that have had numbers around that, that, you know, 15, 20%, 25. But I would say more people, from what I can remember, more people are around 40%. So they don't, you don't bring all your energy. No. So so where's the rest of, so what's, what's the rest of you doing? Well, there's always a part of us that's left back there. And, um, the thing is, there are different reasons why we bring in more energy than other times. So if I found out that you brought in 15%, the next question would be, and what are you learning by bringing in just 15% of your energy? Like, what's the reason for that? And then maybe somebody, you know, somebody that's bringing in a higher percentage of energy would say that um, that they really, they were going to need it for this lifetime. They just right. knew they were going to need it. And, and it was a life packed with a lot of um, experiences that they were going to need more energy. Just the same way as you would choose your body. You know, sometimes yeah. clients choose a really strong, sturdy body because they've got a lot to accomplish. Sure. And at other times they choose a different type body because it's gonna it's gonna teach them, you know, by not having like the perfect body, by having an overweight body or um, some kind of ailment, you learn through that ailment, and right. others around you have to. If you're one of those souls that you're a warrior and you always take care of everybody else, mm-hmm. you know, the soldier, the warrior. Um, they may experience a lifetime where they come back and and are forced to let everybody take care of them. Got it. Okay. Which is very so, difficult. If you're used yeah. to Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine. So we're at the top of the hour, rough against a break. Um, can you stick around for another 45 minutes or so? Sure. Cool. So here's what we'll do. We'll go to break. And um, when we come back, we have some listener questions that I've been, I'm sorry, Rick, I've been hogging the conversation. No, it's quite all right. I've been experiencing a lot of weird stuff on my end with my computer. I think, Um, I I, I hope my computer's not getting ready to crash. I hope it's not too. Okay. Well, so stick around, guys. We are talking about past lives, life between lives with Bren Blankenship. It's Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. We will be right back. Ranger Station. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting in the forest. Uh-huh. One second, I'm having a smoke. Next thing I know, I'm face-to-face with Smokey Bear. Wow. And he told me it only takes one spark to start a wildfire. Did you know nine out of ten wildfires are caused by humans? I had no idea. That's why Smokey's famous and you're not. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Visit us today at ParanormalUnderground.net and get a 12-month digital subscription for 15% off the cover price.
Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio on hazyradio.com. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick. Uh, for the last, for the first 45 minutes, we have been talking to Bren Blankenship, a hypnotherapist and author, as well as an uh, expert in past life regression and life between lives, um, spiritual regression. Uh, Bryn, thank you so much for hanging out with us for another segment. Oh, cool. Thanks for having me. Hey, anytime. It's one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> so we had, a, uh, we had a couple questions from chat that we haven't got to yet. So, Karen, did you want to uh, field those? No, you go ahead. I've been hogging the conversation. I'm going to sit quietly now. I'm not okay. really, but I'm going to pretend I'm going to sit quietly. <laughs> Uh, one of the uh, uh, questions from chat um, is kind of one that I that I'm very much interested in because I am a huge um, believer as well as researcher into psychic ability. Um, the question is: Do you think that psychics can really read past lives? Oh, I think there's some really gifted psychics that are able to do that. Okay. So um, I'll take that a step further and say that. I often compare um, when the client is experiencing the, the LDL or the past life, mm-hmm. it's, it's like a psychic reading, but the client is reading themselves. Okay. Because they're in deep trance, mm-hmm. and you're asking them questions, and things are coming through them. You know, the response to um, the question as if someone is speaking in their ear or, you know, um, um, Images, scenes come to them in the session. They just know things. And um, it, it's different than if a, if a psychic is reading another person because it's coming through this client in their own voice. And then um, when the soul self comes through, it's still speaking through that client that's laying in the chair, but mm-hmm. their voice shifts. It changes. It's usually very beautiful. When that okay. when the soul voice comes through, um, but it's using that client's body to speak. Okay. Sometimes there's a lot of people speaking um, <laughs> in that there. <laughs> a couple of different voices coming out. So real quick, can I follow up, Rick? I told you I was yes. going to be quiet, and I totally lied. No. Um, so when um, someone is in the midst of this life between life session. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that the way that you traditionally take them into it is you take them into a past life. You take them through the death of that past life. And then they're in this life between lives, like their most recent past life in this one. So is what they're experiencing, is that a memory? Or are they? is it happening something that's happening in the here and now? Well, it's happening in the now. Okay. It's happening in real time when it's okay. happening. Um, but they can certainly bring up things that would be a memory from another time, too. But in okay. that moment, it's happening as real. Okay, so when, for instance, um, I went in and stood before my council of elders, I was actually, that was what was, that wasn't me remembering something. That was something that was happening now. That was a now kind of thing. And sometimes clients will stand outside the door. And the guide will say they're getting ready as if it's as if one meeting is ending and and they're waiting for the client to go in. Um, You know, um, 
it's it's happening in now time and it's a very very profound experience you know there's a lot of humor but it's so deep and it it's so meaningful for the client to go before their their counsel because they know that these are the beings that helped to to get them here on the planet this time you know they mm-hmm. help orchestrate and organize and plan out the experiences we're going to have so I want to follow up on the council real quickly. Um, so if I think of going before a council of elders, um, or when I would think of it before I had my life between lives anyway, um, it seemed kind of like it might be a little judgy. <laughs> yes. And the client may have that expectation that they're going to be judged. Mm-hmm. But they're very. the, the council is very compassionate. They're very compassionate, and they will sometimes tease with the client to get them to lighten up, to tell mm-hmm. them not to be so serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. They may appear a certain way. Um, they may have on a robe, and they're sitting in a, um, you know, in a semicircle in front of the client. And um, when the client starts to lighten up, they may peel off those robes. Their colors may shift. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, the client does have the feeling that they're going before the to the principal's office to be reprimanded for mm-hmm. how they're living their life. Okay, but usually they leave there with a different experience. You know, mm-hmm. feeling supported. They might be given some guidance um, as to you know some suggestions for areas of improvement, but it's always done in a loving way. So then, it's not like you know the um, the Judeo Christian idea of judgment. No, not at all. I found it very reassuring, actually. One of the first things they said to me when I went in is, you're doing better than you think. So, (laughs) that was nice to hear. I hope I hear that one day. (laughs) It was really nice to hear, let me tell you. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So, now, Brynn, I have a question. I I have a question. It's about fear. And I asked uh, Dr. Moody this when he was on. I have a very strange, irrational fear of water. Um, I can bathe in it, you know, I can drink it, but to get me in a swimming pool is damn near impossible, or even in a lake. Um, is it possible that I could have drowned in a former life? And do we carry that fear from one life to the next? Um, is there anything that happened to you in current life that involved water? Never. I've never had, um, never almost drowned. I've never had, you know, uh, an uncle or whatever get rough with me in the water and dunk me one too many times. I've never had anything like that. Okay. Then it's possible it's come from a past life and it could be drowning. It could be several past lives where you've drowned. Now, I always approach, you know, I always try to find out if there's something significant in current life Mm -hmm. because it could have started in current life. Or current life could have triggered a pattern of something that had happened in other lifetimes as well. Right. No, nothing. Nothing has ever happened in this life where, you know, water left a uh, a negative you know, impact on me. See, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure my weird Al Yankovic fear comes from this life. I don't think it's past life related. <laughs> it'll, it'll probably uh, carry over to the next one, too. Probably, well, wouldn't probably. It, wouldn't it be cool to put him under and find out about some of his past lives? <laughs> 
<laughs> or go into the future and regress him back to this life. That would be a trip. <laughs> I'm just wondering. It's like he's a nerd god. What did he ever do to you, Karen? <laughs> I don't know. I'm afraid of him. That's all I can say. Um, okay. So we have some more questions from chat. Okay, you go ahead. Um, I, I don't know who this is from. It might even be from Cheryl. If someone gets ill, then eventually passes away from that. It is from Cheryl from that illness. What is the lesson that they were to learn during their lifetime? Well, there's not one lesson. You know, it could be different for each person. So we would need to put that individual under and find out what it was for them. Um, but to give you a couple of examples, it could be that um, they needed to learn how to manage their energy better so that they didn't allow their body to get so run down. And this is what happened when it went too far. It could be that there's an agreement between some of those souls in their life that they're going to experience um, this person leaving. Right. It could be that maybe maybe this person is usually, he they usually outlive the others in their family situation or their loved ones in a lot of past lives. So mm-hmm. this time he said, hey, why don't you go first? We'll oh. see what it's like if you go, because you're always the one that's there last. It could be, but it could be so many different reasons. So you have, it's individual right. to that person and why they're, dynamic was set up to have that ailment, that illness. When you think about, you know, you say that we set up these arrangements with people and we set up kind of these um, flags, I guess, or significant events that we're supposed to experience. When you look at the intricacy of that, it's it's mind-boggling. It's like trying to picture infinity. I mean... There must be some really good logistics person, logistics soul on the they're other like, side. Because, they're like ahead. air traffic control up there. <laughs> air traffic know. control, managing all the souls coming and going. I mean, sometimes when a client is in session and they're describing it, I get little glimpses of with that how 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 expansive that is and how far that goes out. You know, yeah. how many random events, but they're not random had to happen to bring these souls together at this time in history. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah, it's, it's just it's crazy. And especially when you have people, you know, if they're in, reincarnating in groups and they're on different planets and they're, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. So I have something that I want to ask you about, and this is a personal, this is personal to me. And the people who listen to this show know about it because we've been talking about it recently. So I have, um, outside of my past life regression hypnotherapies, I have encountered a woman who I had an incredible fascination with her. Sorry about my dogs again. Anyway, I've had an incredible fascination with her for my... Uh, um, since since I first heard of her, I had an incredible fascination with the event in which she died um, when I first heard about it. Uh, somebody recently found a picture of her, and she looks like me. I mean, so I have all of these questions now, because there I have so much in common with this woman, and I was drawn to her, and a few other things. But 
at the same time, everybody's going, well, you should go get a past life regression hypnotherapy for it. But I'm afraid that if I do that because of what I know about her and what my expectation is, I'm, what I'm going to see is going to be driven by my expectation as opposed to reality. So is that, I mean, is that a, a legitimate concern? Um, it could be a concern, but, you know, when you would want to make sure you have someone that's experienced that can put sure. you into a deep state so that you can't consciously um, create these memories. And what will happen is there's the expectation that you have going in. Yeah. You're going to find that it's very different once you go under. Okay. So you're going to find out details about about that that life that, well, it may not even go to that life. If right. You want, if you want her. But you could find out more about why you're drawn to that person. Right. Okay. But there would okay. be details that you don't know now. Uh-huh. That would make it all make sense. Okay. And the, and the way to direct that would be to take you back to a time in history that would help you, a time in your soul's history that would help you to understand why you have a fascination with that person. Sure. Because it could also be that she was in your life, you weren't her, but that oh. you were drawn to, you know stuff about her. Sure. You know, if you were okay. um, her, what do they call it, your, her lady-in-waiting you would have been around her, waiting on her all the time. So it could have been something like that. Sure. Well, this isn't a famous person. This is just a, a person who died in a um, fairly well-known incident is all. So, But it's it's not anybody who's famous. Or, you know, she didn't have ladies in waiting. I, I know that much about her. <laughs> no, no, no. So, well, you could have lived in her house or you could have been her neighbor and known a lot yeah, about right. her. Right. No, know? I know. Oh. I could have been her sister or who knows. Because... That's the other thing is that so just because we do have groups of people we reincarnate with, it's not like the hundreds of people we know in our life or have met throughout our life that every one of them is somebody that we is part of our soul group, right? Soul groups tend to be fairly small. Um, they're they're fairly small, you know, ten to twelve people, something like that. But they're a companion group. So okay. there's their immediate soul group, and then there are other groups that say, hey. I'll come back and help you with that. We'll do this and we'll do that and, and we'll come back. So it could be other groups that are working on the same thing. Uh-huh. And they'll come together with your group to work out um, the experiences. Okay. I, I always describe it, you know, because clients ask these kind of questions before they come in for the session. They all, these are all great questions. And I always describe it like a, a Shakespearean acting troupe. You know, they travel around and they play different roles. And this time, one's going to play this person, one's going to play the other, and then they're going to change, they're going to go to another town, and they're going to change roles and take on the opposite because they got tired of playing that character, so why don't we come back in and play this character? Right. So you're traveling with those same groups, and then you've got other people that come forward, like supporting actors in the cast. Okay. Well, because the other thing that I did see is that I had been part, I, that I was part of like a large soul group, but that there were three of us that like broke off and were doing something else and they were like my main. Is that, you know, is that something that happened? Uh, clearly it's what I saw, but is that something that's fairly common as well that maybe a soul group breaks into smaller groups? Yeah, you can do that if they're working on something and occasionally someone will feel like they're alone. They, they can't find anyone in their group. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's been explained that the group moved on and that they'll catch, hopefully they'll catch up with them later. Oh, my God, or, I'm in the remedial group. 
that's not necessarily what that means. It's repeating math all over again. I'm sorry, go on. You, you could be ahead of everybody else. It could be that they've they're ahead of no, I'm pretty sure it's remedial. <laughs> <laughs> so another question from Chad is uh, also comes from Elaine. It's, it's an interesting question as well. Um, do people stay within the same geological area or can they move around from, say, Africa to Asia? Oh, they can move around. They move around. And I like to ask um, what kind of um, cultures do you like to experience? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had one woman just name off all types of Japanese, Asian, African, um, exotic um, lifetimes, and Mm -hmm. they said they planted her in um, the United States. I'm not going to say the town. I almost accidentally did. But they planted her there because Mm -hmm. she had some learning to do that she couldn't do in those other cultures because they were, um, as a female in current life, she can experience more here. Um, yeah. Oh, yes, you you can move around, but there are also maybe certain cultures that you're drawn to. So, you know, I've had lots of Japanese lifetimes. Really? Uh, yeah. I would love to go there, and I'm just drawn to that culture. But I've had some really so good experiences there. Right. So why not, you know, why not go back and, and experience it? Right. But this time I needed to be in the U.S. because they're just um, a little more... Um, not that, not too conservative as they would have been over there being a female. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely the way I am too. I have I feel very drawn um, to Asian culture. I, I think Asian culture is a very efficient. Um, it's very old, uh, but I also feel very drawn to um, to ancient uh, Mesopotamia and Akkadia and Samaria. Um, these places really fire my imagination and I love reading about them endlessly. So, you know, I've, I've been told that I've been, that I've had 15 to 16 past lives and I've been told that I've had two more. So it always kind of makes me wonder, and that that is a good question because it always made me wonder as well, did I live in this time, in those time periods and in those places? So thank you for answering that. Well, there's also, um, you know, certain places that you may be repelled by and never want to go to. My parents' house. That could have something to do with a past life, too. Yeah. Okay. If you had some really bad experiences there, you may not want to go back. Not your parents' house, but other countries. Sure. Okay. So, um, how long, I, I mean, are we coming back every year or so? Or how, how long do we go? How long do we get to rest before we have to come back again? And do we get to choose when we stop? Well, some people like like to to think they would. I hear that a lot, and so they're surprised when they talk to their council, and they're told that um, they're reminded that they chose this life because you know they suggest, but we really do have free will as to whether we're coming back or not, and they can suggest, but um, it's up to us whether we actually come. So sometimes people come in a little. dreading it, they come in dreading the experience of what it's going to be where others are in a a more willing state of readiness to just come on in and experience life. Um, It's really different uh, as far as um, how long we take in between. I mean, some might sit out for decades 
and then mm-hmm. others need to turn back around. You know, okay. I've, I've worked with people that died in Vietnam in their past life and have come back and are already, um, you know, old enough, you know, late 20s to be able to experience a past life or an LBL session. You know, you need to be a little, yeah. you need to have a little bit of life experience before we can put you in and, and help you um, experience this. Right. So what about people who have committed suicide, for instance, in their last life? Do they have to take a little extra time? Do they get sent right back? They often need a little extra time to process the experience of the life. And, um, you know, each one's going to take a little bit. It's going to be different again, depending on the individual, the individual soul. Uh But under the right circumstances, it'll be time for them to come back and um, come back in. Okay. Elaine wants to know, if we don't come back, where do we go? Um, That's a good question. You know, we stay up there in the between. Right. But there are things to do up there in the between. So we go places that I don't know. Okay. Okay. Um, so Rick and I are both, oh, actually I'll ask Chad's question first. Chad wants to know, um, what about the ascended masters? Well, they're in another part that we don't really get to go to yet. Okay. Because <laughs> we're not ascended so, enough yet. <laughs> right. There's like a solemnness when, we, when when the client gets to that part. And, you know, as the facilitator, I'm with them on some level. I'm with them. Uh-huh. Um, as they're going through this, and there's always that area over there that becomes very solemn, and that's where the ascended masters are, but okay. we don't really get to know what's over there. Okay. okay. Or at least I haven't had clients experience that. So Rick hmm. and I both both uh, research ghosts. We do paranormal mm-hmm. investigation. And um, a lot of people who listen to our show are really into ghosts. And so what have you come across in your work with regard to souls that stick around in this plane after they die? Well, um, sometimes souls are not ready. They die, but they're not ready to cross all the way over because they want to stay with their loved ones. So they could be an earthbound. earthbound. Uh-huh. Um, okay. They might stay behind to kind of look over. Um, someone that's still alive, one of their children or their spouse. Sure. Um, they, they, they just might stick around for a while, like a long period of time, and um, be tied to a property or you know some something that holds them here. Um, it, have, it you encountered have you encountered people? Have you encountered people? I don't have like that them? many. Okay. I don't have that many, but I've had some. I've had a okay. few. And it was usually grief and uh-huh. not being ready to leave because okay. their loved ones were here and they wanted oh. to be with them. So do they, is it that they're, they haven't quite totally remembered who they are yet? Is that part of it? No, it's, um, it, it's, they, they had unfinished business when it was okay. time to cross okay. into um, the spirit world. Sure. And so they didn't make, it's like they didn't make their exit point all the way. Okay. So usually doing the session will help them clear up that energy. All right. That's left behind and then cross over. 
so do they do they does everybody eventually move on is there any spirit who is earthbound that's truly stuck here um i can't answer that from this perspective sure sure but what eventually they all cross over okay The, the clients that i've worked with who have been stuck we've been able to help them cross because they their their soul lingered. But see, it's different than you're you're thinking of spirits that you can see externally. You know that you can visibly yeah. see. And, yeah. And and I can't answer that from the perspective. Sure. Sure. Okay. I can only okay. go with the clients that have right. touched on that intercession. So, what about have you ever encountered anybody who you think about people who've done really horrible things, and of course. Hitler comes to mind. Um, that's the first person. Or, you know, somebody like uh, Ted Bundy or something like that. Was that really their life's path, or did they go awry somewhere? Um, did they really choose yeah. that? Well, you know, they have free will when they get here. Sure, and sure. And without being able to take that client and put them under sure. and and talk with them to find sure. out more. I you know, I'll do my best to answer that. I believe they um they went awry to a degree. Like they were gonna come in and they were supposed to do certain things, but they took it to an extreme. Okay. They took it beyond what was meant to be. But now this actually leads into my the question that I have concerning this a lot of people would say that what we're talking about here is a very Western idea concerning um, reincarnation. Um, I know that in the East, if you, you say lived a horrible life like Adolf Hitler, they, they're more um, inclined to believe that you're going to come back as a snail or a leech. Um, what, what, what about the more traditional approach of, of um, reincarnation? Well, the more traditional, I mean, what I've experienced with clients is that they go through some type of um, restoration process, some type of healing, and then there are times where they they don't come back and incarnate, but there are other times where they're able to come back and um, experience life, and they would have a life that would be the opposite. So if, if they killed in a life, they may experience a life where they don't kill it's all about saving lives or, or something the opposite uh, of what the life was that was so um, out of balance in, in, in the past incarnation. But I haven't okay. experienced, I've had people that were killers, you know, mm-hmm. in their past mm-hmm. lives. For some reason, I was getting a lot of gangsters and mobsters. Really? Um, Interesting. Yes. And I haven't figured out why that is. But, um, but I haven't had any, like, mass murderers. I've had some people that have done some really bad things, but it was really difficult for that client to admit out loud that they had done those things in their past life. Oh, I bet. And the guys went on to explain why they were, why that happened or what was going on and what they're experiencing now um, as a result of that experience. But I haven't had any Hitlers or, you know, yeah. So you, I, I would imagine that you doing what you do, the people just, just as we cross paths with our children and our friends and our spouses and all of that, 
the people that come to you for their session come to you specifically for a reason. So is there something in there for you then as well? Um, yes. I have people come from all over, all, all parts, other countries, all parts of the U.S. And, you know, I really do try to find them someone in their own backyard because I know mm-hmm. a lot of the, the practitioners that do this work. And yeah. they'll insist on coming to me. Mm-hmm. And somehow during the session, it starts to all make sense as to why it was me. And oh. it's not that I was mm. past life. It's not, it's not that kind of a thing. There have been once or twice that this happened. But it's really that um, there was just a connection. And it was set up to be that way. Like, you know, it's so profound. I almost don't want to say on the radio. Okay. But, um, okay. Just, no, I understand that. Yeah. 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 There was a reason it needed to be me if, hmm. it, if it was me in that time. And there was a reason it needed to be during this time period and not some previous time period. There are times where we try to set it up and it just doesn't work out. It might take another year or so before they come in. Right. all stuff and everything makes sense. Right. So when I say, you know, that I considered doing it for years and I waited until last year to do it, that was because that was the right time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you're allowing yourself to go under. The, the facilitator is guiding you, is giving you suggestions to relax and to go deeper. But you're allowing yourself to, to let go and go into that space. Right. So if you aren't in a state of readiness, we can't make you go there. Right. Let's mm. let's actually talk about hypnosis in general for a few minutes because I find that people have a lot of um, questions and, and misconceptions about it because what we experience of hypnosis is usually the guy up on stage who thunks you on the head and then makes you squawk like a chicken in front of hundreds of people. Yeah. So, so can you explain how hypnosis works? Yes. So, you know, the facilitator, so all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. Whether you're working with a facilitator, a tape, you're taking yourself into hypnosis, it's all self-directed in that you're allowing yourself to go to that deeper state. The hypnotherapist is just giving you suggestions, is helping you to go deeper by the suggestions they're giving, and we use progressive relaxation for this kind of a session. And we can't make you go there. And it's not something that we do to you. It's something that we do with you because we're, we're kind of holding your hand as you go through it. But if you are not able to let go and follow the instructions, if you're trying to make it happen, if you've read the books and you think, oh, I'm, it's going to happen a certain way because I read it in the book, I read stories about that, so this is how it has to happen, you're going to block your own session. You're going to stand in your own way of being able to be in the moment and just go with the flow. So when you're going with the flow, you're able to go deeper. And, you know, with hypnosis, you're going to a certain level, just general hypnosis. And then with the past life regression and the LBL, you're going into a a deeper trance state. It's deeper, you know, the the voice slows down, you know, the the body... um, the pulse rate drops, the body relaxes. I mean, they're in a profound state, yet they're able to speak to the facilitator, to the, the hypnotherapist, the past life progressionist. And 
um, that's when the regressionist is asking questions and um, the client is responding, but it's in that deeper state. And then they have access to the deeper part that they can talk. You know, that's what is really surprising that you'd be able to talk in that deeper state and mm-hmm. answer back what you're getting. Mm-hmm. So what surprised me is that I felt perfectly aware. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I was having a dream. It wasn't even like I was daydreaming. I mean, I felt perfectly aware. And the very first time I did it, I struggled with it a lot. Um, but I think it worked anyway because one side of my brain would be like, don't get this answer, and the, but the answers would come up from the other side anyway, and that was what I did just to pass life regression, and it was mm-hmm. all verifiable. But, I mean, I was that person who fought it, and I was sure that I couldn't be hypnotized. Are there people who just can't be or won't be? There are people that won't be, and there are some people that can't be. But really, if you are of, um, if you have the ability to follow instructions, um, to focus, you know, you have to be able to focus in this state. So if somebody has some type of condition that they're not able to follow instructions and they're not grounded, um, clear-minded and grounded, you know, it's not for them. This is not something for somebody that has, um, that's not grounded in current life reality because we're about to take them into another reality and then we want to bring them back so that they can come back and function and be all here when they leave the office and go out and try to go back into their life. But they'll be in an expanded state of awareness from having had that experience. Right. So um, what does it feel like? when you're hypnotized? Because I know on break you said, for instance, that sometimes in the middle of a session a client has to go to the bathroom. Well, I'm pretty sure that would just pull me right out of it. (laughs) Well, it starts to because you can tell that they're starting to come up a little bit and you use deepeners and things throughout to help keep them down in that state. But uh, one of two things can happen. They're having an emotional release in the past life and they're needing to release their kidneys in current life. Or they drank too much water or coffee that morning and, you know, it's getting later in the day, they need to take that break. So there are things that we do to to help bring them up just enough. We don't bring them out of trance, but we bring them up just enough that they can function. And thankfully, the restroom is right across the hall from my office. So I help them get over there. They function on their own. And then they come back and um, pick up where they left off. I mean, they sit right back down in the chair, the recliner, and I give them a couple of suggestions, give them a chance to acclimate back down, and then they pick up right where the story was unfolding. It's the coolest wow. thing. Yeah. And that's a question yeah. that everybody always has because they know they're going to be in session for a long time. Right. But so... Um, so they're aware if they have, are, are you aware of other physical sensations? Are you, when you're, so are you experiencing, if I'm in a chair and I'm hypnotized and say I'm in a past life, when I experience a physical sensation, am I experiencing that as Karen or as the person whose life I am viewing? Usually it's as the, the person in wh- whose life you are experiencing. So they're laughing and okay. they're crying. And yeah, then I, yeah, I cried. <laughs> tend to report it. They, re- they report it more visually. That's another thing. Everybody 
tends to think that, you know, under hypnosis, you're visual. Not everybody is visual. A lot of people... Oh, mine was kinesthetic. Yeah, mine is kinesthetic. So what do you do for some... So when somebody's kinesthetic, how is that different? When you're visual, you're seeing things. Yeah. So some people are seeing it and some people are feeling it. And they just know the answer and they feel it come through them. Yeah, that's what I do. It feels like I'm walking through a forest or... um, it, it feels like I'm riding a horse, where others will see that they're riding the horse. Right. Okay. Yeah, I was at all the emotions tied to it. Yeah. The emotions of that person and what they're experiencing. I was actually shocked when I was doing it how chatty I was. He'd ask a question, and I mean, it would just roll off my tongue, and I think, "Am I making this up?" I mean, because it was blah, 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 blah. it was really strange. Right. Uh, so that's how it works, huh? <laughs> that's exactly how it works. Uh, and you hope- hear yourself saying it, and it's like, can this be real? But it's coming well, through you. It's coming from a deeper part of you. I know the the oh. one that the one that um, what convinced me in the very first one that I did that I wrote about the first past life is that I okay I hate crying. I, I cry usually in two situ one situation, and that's um, one of the things I have with my psychic abilities is, uh, is I'm empathic, and so usually it's not me that makes me cry; it's some someone or something else. But I also cry like at really sad TV commercials because I'm kind of a sap. But I'm not really a big crier yet. I'm sitting in this chair, and much to my horror, I start crying as I'm describing the death of, I think it was my husband or something, and these tears are rolling down my cheeks, and as I'm doing it, the ones, because I said it's like my brain had split into two, the one side of my brain was going, holy crap, I can't believe I'm crying, this is so horrifying, and the other side of my brain is going, Whoa. So. <laughs> That happens. Cool. Sometimes, it's really funny, because you can't, you don't want to laugh when the client's experiencing this. Yeah. You can see that they're crying. I mean, I can look at the chair. I can see yeah. them. They're crying. Yeah. And they will go, what are these wet things rolling down my face? Like, they, <laughs> they're they not recognizing their tears because they're in that other state. And anyway, it's just, it's really, it's really interesting. So you've seen this struggle mm-hmm. like mine where it's like, oh, my God, I'm horrified I'm crying, but they're still crying. <laughs> yes. That yeah. is the one of the honestly. That is like the weirdest thing to to have well, that feeling. They're they're crying and they're not horrified. It's those those tears are just pouring out and they're just going on and on with the story. Like you want to hand them a tissue and they don't even care. Yeah, their tears flowing. Right. Oh yeah. Well, it's very moving. To... And so, oh, are we done? Is are we? On Yo, no, go time? ahead. No, oh, you're fine. I was going to say. It's it's very moving, and so those tears represent huge shifts, you know, that are taking place within them. The stuff that they're crying out, the lifetime of emotion, the grieving, you yeah. know, through the different lives. It's mm-hmm. very powerful for the client to release what they've yeah, been I'm, holding on. I'm pretty sure I broke out the ugly cry at one point. So <laughs> that lucky <laughs> hypnotherapist. <laughs> so we that are, had a really good session. Yeah, I guess so. And and, and it actually, the first time I did it, that was one of the things that was, I I mean, before I'd done the research and everything else, that was one of the things that convinced me that was real was that I was just sobbing over this. Uh, You know, this, this, what 
my rational mind was telling me was a hypothetical husband who died, but clearly it was more than that. So we have come to the part of our show that we call Shameless Self-Promotion Corner. This is where you get to promote anything, tell people where they can find you, tell them to buy your book, whatever you would like, Bren. Oh, well, thank you. Sure. Um, well, you can find me at www.brenblankenship.com. B-R-Y-N-B-L-A-N-K-I-N-S-H-I-P.com. And then I have a couple of my stories that have been um, published um, in Memories of the Afterlife. That's a book by Michael Newton. Um, I have a story in there, Chapter 3, um, When Children Teach from the Grave. And then in Brian Weiss's latest book, Miracles Happen, um, I have a session, a uh, story written up in there. Um, not sure what page. I think it's 110. But um, okay. check it out and, um, yeah, read the books and find out more about these kinds of sessions. Well, thank you. I hope that you will come thank back you. and talk to us again because, you know, this is such a big subject. Oh, I would and, love to. Yeah, we've barely scratched the surface. Cheryl can make that happen. That's what she's good at. So thank you, Bryn, so much for coming on. I've thank really you, enjoyed talking to you. And, Rick, I'm sorry I hogged the conversation. No, that's quite all right. I mean, you know, you, you know a lot more about this, and it was just it was a pleasure just to sit here and learn. Great. So I hope you'll come back on again sometime, Bryn. Oh, definitely. And thank you so much for having me. This has been great. And the yeah, time, too. I, uh, yeah. And, <laughs> well, and, and we, we overcame our we overcame our initial our initial technical difficulties, so it was all good. Yes. All right. Have a good evening. Thank you so much. Have a good Thanks. night. Yeah. Good night. Good night. All right, guys. So that's Bren Blankenship. It's B L A N K A N or K I N S H I P B R Y N B L A K A K I N S H I P dot com. We'll have Cheryl post it in the chat room because I'm clearly having trouble spelling things aloud. Um, so, did you learn, Rick? Yeah, actually, I did learn quite a bit. Um, it, it's it's it solidified my belief in reincarnation. I'll tell you that. Did it? Yes. That's very good. I'm actually reading a book about reincarnation right now because with this whole Nellie Sharp thing, of course, I've, uh, you know, been um, just sort of, I don't know. I, I'm just trying to figure the whole thing out still, although I've, I've lived with it for a while now, so I'm getting better with it. Um, right. But anyway, so Cheryl. Hi. There is, no, next week is Thanksgiving. We are taking next, next week, week is off. Thanksgiving? Yeah. Can you believe it? Yeah. Next week, Holy November twenty eighth, twenty thirteen. Oh yeah! So next week is Thanksgiving, so we have the week off. Yep. Um. So I'm sure there will be if you if you are stuffed full of turkey and you need something to do, I'm sure there will be something wonderful here on Hazy Radio, but it won't be us. No, not us. Oh, and uh, the following week, I will not be here because me and the fam we will be in Disney World. You're going to Disney World. We're going to Disney World. Yeah, uh, Theo is—he turns three on December third, and um, that's his birthday. And that's his birthday present. Taking to Disney. Wow, that is a heck of a birthday present for a three-year-old. Yes, it sure is. But you know what? I am—I'm looking forward to it too because I've been to Disney World twice. Both one—one one time as a teenager, the other time as an adult. But you know what? I'm almost forty years old. I 
still, you know, like Disney, so Disney World. Well, I guess we'll let you go to Disney World, not do the show. So who who do we have um, upcoming guests, Cheryl? We have a great December lined up. We have on December 5th, Frank Lazaro from New Jersey Researchers of Paranormal Evidence. So we'll be talking some ghost investigations. And then on December 12th, um, I talked about it at the beginning of the show, we have author Rick Wade. He's uh, also a paranormal investigator, and he just released his book, my Paranormal Journey, One Man's Obsession. And then on the 19th of December, we will be talking to members of the Native American Paranormal Project. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, that'll be a, another good show. And then we are actually going to be off the day after uh, Christmas, which is December 26th. No show that day. But then we kick off the new year with a blockbuster show, and that is with Lloyd Auerbach, Parapsychologist. I have awesome. some questions for Lloyd. Yes. Can't wait. I have, I, you know, I actually, one of the things, and you guys are going to have to remind me because I'm old and for, I forget things very quickly now. Um, mm-hmm. well, we know. One of the things <laughs> I want to talk about to Lloyd is that I've been noticing a um, correlation between people who have, because, okay, first I'll preface it by saying we I live near Tacoma, Washington, uh, which is where Fort Lewis is, which is a major army base. A lot of men who have been deployed live here in the state. Mm-hmm. And so I'm noticing that there is a correlation between these people, men and women, I should say, who have been in combat and may have some post-traumatic stress and hauntings. Hmm. You mean yes. like them um, experiencing like a hallucination or something? I don't have an answer for you whether it's a or hallucination, whether it's a like a poltergeist. That's what I was going to say. Maybe they're creating but a I'm, haunting due to the right, trauma. I, I have I have noticed it in 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 several cases now where there's there seems to be this link. And it may just be okay. because of where we live and where we investigate and so there may be no correlation at all. Interesting. Or their experiences made them you know, super sensitive. I don't. I don't have an answer. I. Yeah. But it's 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 something that I'd like you guys to remind me to ask him about, because I'll forget. Well, I'll forget too. So Rick, it's up to you. Rick, you <laughs> have the youngest. Me. You have yeah. the youngest brain, Rick. So if you can, <laughs> I, I'm not so convinced of that sometimes. <laughs> No, really, you're good. So, okay, so we kick off the year with Lloyd Auerbach, and that's going to be absolutely fantastic. And I was I was deadly serious. I would really like to have Bren back on because that great. was great. Um, mm-hmm. Like to learn more, you know. Yeah. Well, I'd like Rick to learn more because, really, I know everything there is to know in the entire universe. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. You're a mo- you're you're a mom. You're supposed to know everything in the entire universe. Oh no 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 no! Oh no! <laughs> I am the mom of a teenager. I don't know crap. Oh yeah! <laughs> I can't wait for that. I used but, um... to know all sorts of things. And I'm also married to married to an engineer. So trust me, I don't. I I know nothing. Uh, you know so much more than what you think. <laughs> My dogs are fascinated. My dogs think I'm a genius. Well, you know, as long as as long as your dogs think that you're great, then that means you're great. Because I mean, seriously, they can't talk, so they they can't really judge you. That's right. That's right. Well, so we've got some good stuff coming up. And um, was there anything else you needed to talk about with the magazine, Cheryl? Uh, we're working on a great issue. It'll be the last issue of this year, our December Ooh, issue. Oh, I need to submit my article. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, okay. So that we're going to um, hopefully get that out on December 1st. Um, it could go into just December 2nd or 3rd. But anyway, it'll be at, at the beginning of the month. And I encourage everybody to check it out. You can read it for free in your browser or you can buy a copy, um, either a print copy or a PDF copy. Okay, I guess Rick has okay. some some big important author news as well. Oh, uh, uh, this Sunday I will be appearing as a guest on Dimensions of Spirit, uh, talking with Lynn uh, Ann Moon, and that is um, Sunday night from 7 p.m., which is, well, it's 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern, so it's 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. my time. Is that right here on the Hazy Radio Network? Right here on Hazy, <laughs> you bet. All right, are you going to be talking about ghosts and poltergeists and... I will be talking yeah, about my stuff. book, yes. The Geek's Guide of the Strange and Unusual, Poltergeist, Ghosts, and Demons. We'll be talking all about that. So, all can I ask a quick question, because we have a couple minutes. Did you guys see Paranormal Witness this week? Uh-huh. No. Oh my gosh, it was so frightening, wasn't it? It was about an exorcist, yeah. a Catholic exorcist. Yeah, it was... Um, I didn't find it frightening. I found it a little disturbing, um, but... That it was. Yeah. It was disturbing. And, well, to me, both frightening and disturbing. You guys have to yeah. fill me in, because I don't, I don't really watch these shows. What, what what was it about? A Catholic exorcist. Oh, okay. Yeah, and his experience. No, it was about his training and his first, his first case. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I say, the only person who's ever made me think twice about um, demons was Bishop Long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I still, my, my theory is still that they're human souls that have never, or they're souls that have never been incarnated as humans, so they don't understand how um, the human experience, and therefore we perceive them as being... So... That makes sense. So me. I have to ask you though, what about the case where he was saying that the the person being exercised r- levitated? Well, that's pretty cool. I, I mean, yeah. okay. You know what? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. It's like I, I, I have... like to levitate. All right. Go ahead, Rick. I was just going to say I have a problem with the whole levitation thing because I do believe that spirits still have to be. Um, can still be constrained or restrained by the laws of physics. And I've always just, I've never seen it personally myself, but it's like because of this, these, you know, these immutable laws of physics, I've, I've just, I've always had a problem with the whole levitation. Well, I, think I, I just, I don't know. In, I think you've bought into scientific dogma because I think that there's all sorts of laws mm-hmm. of physics that we don't quite totally understand yet when it comes to quantum physics and things. So. Okay. No, you, and you may be right. You may be right. Yeah, you want me to talk to you about it so that you can go curl up in a corner because you love quantum physics, so... <laughs> I, th- thankfully, we don't have enough time. <laughs> we really don't have enough time. You are absolutely right. Oh, damn. Um, I know. So, uh, yes, I saw it, Cheryl, and okay. I just I kind of thought, oh, you know, it's interesting to hear it from a mm-hmm. Catholic priest, but I still, I still think it's something that we're not quite understanding. We're approaching it from a... a Christian theological standpoint, mm-hmm. and I think there's something more to it. Yeah, Chad and I had the same question about there being something more to it as well. Yeah. So, yeah, agreed. Definitely. Agreed. Okay. All awesome. Right. Thanks to, to Bren Blankenship. This was a great show. I'm going to reach out to her and see if we can schedule her um, at the beginning of next year. Fantastic. I think we'll end a little bit early tonight. Um, 
And so thank you, everybody, for listening. We will be back not next week, but two weeks from now on December 5th. That's 6 p.m. Except for Rick, who's going to Disney World. Yeah. And that'll be um, <laughs> 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Oh, Eastern. Gosh. Other times in the flyover states here on the Hazy Radio Network. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a good evening. Good night. Good night. If you'd like to be on Paranormal Underground Radio, email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at paranormalunderground.net. Please join us next week for Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network.